Today, we're talking to Andy Dewey, SDR team lead and ambition about anchor questions, cold calling, and objection handling through stories. One of the hardest parts when your cold calling is usually getting the prospect to pay attention. You know, the person picks up, they say hello, and automatically when you're on the receiving end of that, if I'm thinking salesperson, I want there to be a pause in the conversation so that I can tell the person that I'm not interested or so that I don't feel like a, you know, a major jerk when I hang up. And, th- and this is coming from a guy that teaches people how to cold call and actually enjoys cold calling. <laughs> so um, the reason why I bring that up is it's really important to you know, sort of understand where the prospect is coming from and to think about their user experience. You know, it's something that I've been talking a lot about lately is what's it like on the receiving end of a cold call and getting them to actually engage with you, you know, by asking smart questions where they actually have to think and give you a, a smart responses is kind of tricky because, you know, first you got to disarm the prospect, get them actually open to talking to you. And then the questions got to be good too. And, I'm excited for today because we're going to dig into, you know, anchor questions, primarily around how to use them when cold calling and also how to use stories to handle objections. And I'm excited for our guest today. And before we get into that, if you're listening to the podcast for the first time, my name is Jason Bay. I'm the host of Blissful Prospecting. My goal with this podcast is to help you think outside the script and share proven tactics and strategies to help you land more meetings with your ideal clients. So today we're talking to Andy Dewey. He's the SDR team lead in Ambition. So what Ambitious does, Ambition, excuse me, is they have a platform essentially where they kind of gamify the inside selling process. So you can create competitions, bracket challenges, all of that stuff you've probably done before on your sales team. But with Ambition, you get to kind of gamify it and have it all in one platform and sort of take all the busy work out of managing, you know, competitions and, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. And what I'm going to be talking to Andy about today is he's got a really interesting perspective on sort of how they shifted with COVID in terms of, you know, people might look at ambition like it's a nice to have, but how to really frame it as a need to have. And the dude is just a cold calling ninja. So we're going to get into how he cold calls. Um, Ambition used to be a client um, at a previous company he worked at where he was like an SDR for them. And that's actually how he got the job is he just really killed it with them. So he's going to dig into cold calls and really how to engage prospects and ask smart questions. So we're going to kind of role play some of that stuff and it's going to be pretty good. So hopefully you dig it. Before you get to the episode here, one quick uh, reminder is there's show notes at blissfulprospecting.com slash podcast. And you can check that out. It should be right in the show notes there uh, of your podcast player. So if you want the links that we share here, there's other free resources on our website around how to better send cold emails, make cold calls, that sort of stuff. Make sure to go and check that out. And without further ado, let's get to the interview. So looking at your LinkedIn profile, dude, I have to ask you, underground hip hop artist. What's up with that? Like what, what kind of, what kind of stuff are you doing there? Yeah. I mean, um, I'm 35 now, almost 36. Uh-huh. So I don't do as much with the hip hop anymore, but definitely in my twenties, um, fresh out of college had uh, some aspirations to, uh, to become a hip hop star. You know what I mean? So I was always a fan of hip hop from a young age. My brother was seven years older than me, got me into hip hop music when I was, uh, you know, fourth grader in elementary school, listening to De La Soul and, 
um, Tribe Called Quest and stuff. So always a hip hop fan, loved it. The lyricalness, the punchlines, the creativity with words just always caught me. So um, lifelong fan. And then uh, in high school, like started freestyling with my buddies and was pretty good at it. And um, my my one buddy, my best friend growing up specifically, we we both like got made a name for ourselves freestyling at parties. And then he ended up coming to college with me. And, um, you know, we bought a computer and started recording music and started writing lyrics and just got into it. Um, so started performing in college and then after college, um, hooked up with like this record label here in Buffalo and That's spent cool. a few years putting out a couple albums and doing shows and touring a little bit. And then, um, you know, had some other problems with, uh, you know, addiction and, um, kind of the rest of my twenties was a little bit of a downward spiral for a while until I got found my way again, but, um, still have a huge love for hip hop and still write and record songs. I did a, a recording for ambition where I made like a kind of ambition anthem recently for the company. Um, which is pretty sweet. It's my first time back in the studio in a while. And uh, I do still have dreams of, you know, doing some shows. I've done a couple shows at like schools, like high, my old high school and um, some art centers and stuff like that, where I tell my story of recovery from addiction and also rap, like perform my songs and um, for kids. And they're really receptive to it. You know, kids are really receptive to that because it kind of, adds like a layer of credibility. Um, so I want to do more of that, you know, telling my story, talking about recovery, talking about addiction and how I got lost and how I found my way and, and, and rapping and sharing the story there. And, um, yeah, hopefully the next five years, I'm going to get into that stuff more and be doing more of that to, to help kids either not get lost or, or find their way out. Dude, that's cool. I love that you're willing to go there too with the addiction and like telling your story because i mean there's so many correlations to me with music in general but specifically hip-hop and and rap with sales and content creation um have you connected with uh raj nathan from startup hype man no no i haven't i'll have to introduce you guys so he he wrote uh he does these raps he used to send them to me on my birthday actually he'd rap to like uh you know uh still dre you know, and like sing yeah, the yeah. happy birthday thing. Uh, one other thing he did recently that really took off was he recorded a sass rap over the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air music. And it is nice. hilarious, dude. Um, so I'll have to send that over to you and check it out. But his whole thing is like, right, he's a rapper also, and he helps startups. And you guys are all kind of in that ecosystem. So you have to, you'll have to connect with him, man. But yeah, I'd love have to. You, have you been able to it sounds like you've started using the rap with like ambition and doing some stuff have you ever used this in your prospecting have you ever like wrapped in a video or anything like that and sent it over to a prospect to to get a meeting i haven't i've wanted to really um yeah Yeah. i I definitely have wanted to i haven't done it yet um sang a couple songs in in prospecting videos um little little snippets only because of you know like a prospect mentioned something about singing karaoke or one guy mentioned singing uh uh, to a prospect so i like did the same thing to him but no rapping yet 
definitely on my on my bucket list here. Dude, sure. I mean, you're already doing really well, obviously, but I <laughs> like for a prospect that's like you're having trouble getting a hold of. I imagine it'd be really good. You could almost have like a templated thing that you say every time, and then just plug in the person's name or company. But uh, that's super cool, man. So yeah. So how did you? Because there's a really cool story here. Um, can you tell and just share how you got like involved with ambition and how you end up maybe how you got into sales actually might be kind of interesting and how that ended up to you getting a position at ambition. Yeah. So super fast, high level overview of my twenties was got, you know, started partying way too hard in college, became addicted to, to some different drugs and alcohol. And, you know, by the time I got out of college, like partying and hip hop was kind of my passions. Right. So went to school for psychology, got out of college, got a job as a, as a barista at a coffee shop and spent the next few years rapping and performing and partying. And, um, you know, with, with, without too many bad consequences, um, my first son was born. And, um, so I got into debt collections to make a little more money and kind of, uh, really fell into addiction there for about five years mm-hmm. was in debt collections until, you know, I hit rock bottom. Um, the culture in, in that environment in Buffalo, there's a ton of collection agencies. So I just hopped from one to another, was really good at talking to people on the phone and, you know, convincing them to pay their bills. So I was, uh, able to find a job and there's like a hunt, you know, hundreds of collection agencies in Buffalo. So I did that for five years while my son was born and, you know, between the ages of one and five. Um, and by the end of it, I kind of hit bottom and the consequences started coming, um, you know, just from tearing up everybody's life that was involved with me, burning every bridge um, to where I ended up, uh, you know, it was either like on the streets, going to jail or, you know, get into rehab. And I got into rehab and uh, lived at the Salvation Army for six months, found, you know, some help, found a a different way of life and ended up transforming my life and and getting out of rehab and just starting my life over from scratch, you know, earning the trust back of my family, my son, um, working at a grocery store at the age of 30 years old at slicing deli meat. you know, just totally humbled, not where I thought my life would be. Um, but went from there to a, to a little bit better job working in a ceramics factory, making architectural ceramic, driving a forklift, busting my ass over time, you know, trying to pay the bills, um, to a buddy of mine who worked at this company called inside sales team, which was an outsourced SDR shop in Buffalo, um, who convinced me to come there and work. Um, I was hesitant to do it because of the culture I'd been exposed to in debt collections and my history with, um, you know, addiction and, and just that debt collections environment was very like sketchy and manipulative and borderline illegal sometimes at some of the places I worked. So I was afraid of the phone, right. Of like being asked to use myself as a weapon to manipulate people on the phone again. Um, but when I got to inside sales team, I realized it was a totally different world, you know, SaaS companies all over the country were our clients that were like really legitimate companies that we were helping to create business for them. So I found out what, you know, a CRM was, what technology was like B2B sales and marketing, SDR, AE, like all this stuff I'd never been exposed to. I think I was 31 when I started there 
and uh, quickly became good at it. Um, I was successful, worked on a couple projects, and then Ambition was a client of ours. So I got asked to lead that team. Um, I, I ran the project for a year and a half, met everybody, um, you know, they're headquartered down in Chattanooga. So I'd go down there to, to, to meet with the team and, um, strategize and come up with a plan. Um, so I really cut my teeth. That was the first sales technology I sold and, or was an SDR for. And, um, that, that year and a half, I really learned about sales tech, um, and became really good friends with them, you know, and then, uh, became a manager at inside sales team and did that for about six months and uh, kind of burned out on it and wanted to go back to an individual contributor role. So, uh, you know, the guys at Ambition always said, if you ever leave IST, you better call us first. And that's what I did. I came on officially last September and, uh, you know, it's been great. I love the product. I love the team. I love the culture they have. And yeah, I'm having a blast. Yeah, that's awesome. I yeah, I just appreciate you uh, kind of going there with your story and and how you got into sales. And if you're comfortable sharing, man, for for someone that might be experiencing someone like uh, something like that or having to kind of get back into a career change potentially, because a lot of people find themselves going into inside sales after having done something else for ten or twenty years. You know, yeah. any advice around how that person might kind of motivate themselves? And really just kind of accept, I guess, the fact that, hey, I'm, I'm, I might be starting over you know, from scratch here. Um, like anything, any words of wisdom there that you would share with someone like that? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing <clears throat> is any sales role, you know, especially for, for, well, for folks coming right out of college or never really having a professional job before or doing a career change, like, Sales is just different from any other job. Most jobs you get, you know, you get orientated for a couple of weeks and they're like, all right, these are your responsibilities. This is what you do every day. Do this every day. And like, you'll be good. And you just do what you're told and you're good. Like you're fulfilling your responsibilities. But with sales, it's like, okay, here's this job. Here's what we want you to do. Here's some idea of what you can do every day to get there. But it's your responsibility to get there. If you just do what we tell you to do, you may or may not get there, but <laughs> we're not going to say that if you do what we tell you to do at the end of the day, you're still going to have a job because we don't know if you do what we tell you to do, you're going to get there. So it's like, really, you're working for yourself. And that was the attitude I had when I started as an SDR. I, I was like, they told me you can make as much money as you want. And here's some things that are like good ideas to do. Um, and that just clicked with me from the beginning. It was like, all right, so I'm not going to be safe if I just do what they tell me to do. Um, so I'll do some of what they tell me to do and some of what I think I should do. But I'm going to get there, you know, no matter what. I'll do what I have to do to get there. And that was the attitude I had. So it's like, it's your own business. It's your own it's your own business. You got to run a sales job like it's your own business and take what people give you, but also be creative and do, you know, what you need to do to get the job done. Um, and that worked for me, you know, and I saw all these other people that were just like, Hey, what the hell? Why are you getting on my back? I did what you told me to do. It's not my fault. It's not working. 
Like you told me to do this stuff and I'm doing it and it's not working. And you're going to hold me responsible for that. But that's sales. Yeah, it's that executive mindset, right? That people talk about around the just accountability over your life, man. You know, it's yeah. like, hey, things might not be going well, but at the end of the day, it's your life and you got to take accountability <laughs> yeah. for, for what's going on. But I think this is a good segue into this. You know, we were talking about this prior to hitting record and a lot of companies deal with this it is like this concept of nice to have versus need to have. I think a lot of people run into this when they're selling software, but can you share a little bit more about what ambition does and like what you're selling and really kind of how you start to have conversations just from a high level standpoint, how you think of ambition as more of a need to have versus a nice to have. Yeah, for sure. And I will say too, like, it's funny because me like my personal philosophy, I think, from when I started out at 31 years of age, learning about B2B sales and marketing technology, Salesforce, CRMs, all this stuff that I had no idea what it was. Um, my philosophy was like, these tools aren't going to make anybody successful that can't figure out how to be successful without them. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, I remember when I started an inside sales team, they had just bought outreach and we moved from like inside sales.com dialer and Salesforce to using outreach. And like, nobody really knew how to use it. It was brand new. Like outreach was pretty new four years ago. Um, yep. so we were just like experimenting with it and like, you know, spamming people with sequences and like, you know, it, we just didn't know how to use it. Um, and, but people, but our leadership thought it was like going to be the answer, the be all end all to, you know, setting more meetings and, and all this stuff. Um, anyway, I, I guess my point is, is that like, although I spend every day trying to convince people that ambition is a need to have, not a nice to have, I'm the type of guy who I think I could be successful with like a phone book and a rotary phone. You know what I mean? And like, <laughs> just... <laughs> dialing random numbers and talking to people. So it's kind of like the opposite of my personal philosophy, all like working in the software space. Sometimes like SaaS just blows my mind, like a bunch of companies selling a bunch of stuff to each other that are trying to help each other sell more stuff. It's, it's very um, odd to me sometimes when I sit back and look at it, but here I yeah. am. Right. So ambition is a sales performance management, coaching gamification software, to help sales managers and leadership have better visibility into what people are doing, tracking activities and KPIs, um, and providing them some, some tools and levers to pull to automate and help them coach more effectively and efficiently with automated coaching, gamification, um, automated contests and competitions, automated recognition. Basically, um, I kind of look at us as like an assistant for a sales manager where most sales managers today, there's so much data out there. I think they spend most of their time just analyzing data, looking for trends, what's happening, why is this happening? And by the time they figure out that something's wrong and they figure out why it's happening, you know, it's five o'clock. They got to go home for the day. There's no time to do anything about it. So our software really helps surface insight to let managers do the stuff they were hired to do, which is coach, develop, celebrate, motivate, excite, 
bond, create culture. Um, and that's the stuff that most, a lot of managers don't have the time to get to because they have to spend all this time figuring out what the heck's going on first to make, take action. Um, and then we've got some, you know, really awesome and fun stuff to improve culture and make reps excited. So, I mean, I used at inside sales team, I used ambition as a rep and then I used ambition as a manager and I understood it's, I understand its power from a rep perspective as to how it really helps me. It helped me, um, stay motivated and competitive and feel recognized as well as from a manager perspective of how it helped me manage a floor of sales reps to know what the heck's going on, know where to coach and know how to keep everybody pumped up and excited. So let's, okay, let's break that down because there's so much to how you described the product. And I interviewed a Bilal try. I don't know if you've uh, seen his stuff on, on LinkedIn, a lot of really good stuff, but he talked about this concept that kind of blew my mind when I interviewed him of is, does, means. And it's, what is your product, right? SaaS, that's the is part, does, coaching platform, TV platform, yeah, whatever. But what does that mean? And when you described and told the story, I mean, you told a little mini story there about ambition. You said things like, what happens is sales managers want to do all of these things. 5 p.m. rolls around. They haven't gotten the things done that they want to get. Celebrating with their team, getting to actually coach their people, keeping them motivated, like all of the things that it really means to them to actually use the product. Can you break that down? And it might be like second nature to you now, obviously, to describe it like that. But most of the time when I'm working with teams, especially fairly new SDRs and BDRs, and you'd be surprised, these are companies that are very successful. All they tell them is what the product does. Hey, you're selling an email automation software. So the emails, that's what they sound like. We're the top rated email automation software. You can set more appointments, but it doesn't really get into like, well, what does it mean for me if I use this? So is that really intentional how you describe that? And if so, can you break down? I know storytelling is kind of your, one of the big things that you talk about. How do you break down the product? Like we could use ambition as an example or just any, how do you kind of think about how to talk about it with a prospect that isn't just feature dumping or dumping sure. the category onto the prospect? What are some of the things that you're thinking of? Yeah, totally. I can get into that. And one thing I just don't want to forget about because you mentioned it before and I didn't chime in, but like the hip hop to sales correlation for me is really strong. And um, I think my love for hip hop and storytelling with like mm -hmm. lyrical metaphors and um, just like freestyling, you know, free association yep. is spitting off the top of your head. That passion definitely comes through for me. Like, that's why I love the phone. I just love talking to people, getting somebody on the phone cold and just like freestyling, you know, telling a story about ambition and just like going off the top. Um, that's, I think my biggest, my most, the, it's the most fun part of being an SDR for me. And it's very similar to just like freestyling and rapping, which is cool. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, yeah, with ambition, you know, uh, I break it into like three kind of, uh, sections, right? Um, we've got scorecards where we create, uh, scorecards for each role in your sales org and track the metrics and KPIs that matter to their success in a couple different ways. 
um, and aggregate those metrics into one super score out of 100. We have a coaching application, which basically automates, standardizes, and centralizes sales coaching inside your CRM or inside our platform in one place, whereas traditionally it different managers run coaching different ways and all that information lives in different places and it never gets looked at once a coaching session happens. So it doesn't really have the impact you want it to have. Um, and then thirdly, culture, gamification, competition, and recognition um, are all super important parts of sales, but it takes a lot of time to think of ideas for competitions, facilitate competitions, notify people of the, um, you know, where competitions at people start competitions. And then four days later, nobody even knows who the hell is competing for what. Um, and, and then recognizing, you know, as a manager, it takes a lot of effort to like constantly recognize your, your reps for winning. Um, whether that's winning, bringing revenue in or winning in, you know, running a proper playbook and doing the things you're supposed to be doing. So, you know, when I talk to, to, sales managers or sales leadership or sales operations people, I talk about, um, you know, how do you know if your reps are having a good day or not? Well, I look at a bunch of reports, you know, I look at this report, that report, this report, um, figure out trends and correlations and, you know, spend some time looking at reports and then figuring it out. Well, with our platform, we have a super score batting average for every rep on your team, no matter what their role. So you can just look at a look at their score and see if they're having a good day or not. And if they're not, we'll tell you where they're not having a good day or where in the funnel they're stuck so you can coach accordingly. How much time do you spend coaching? Well, we run, you know, I, I have a one-on-one -on -one with all my reps once a week. Plus we do like a bi-weekly team coaching session, you know, call camp or call collaboration or whatever you want to call it. Cool. Do you spend time preparing for those or are you just going cold? Yeah, I always you know, spend a half an hour looking at data beforehand, coming up with questions. And then when we get in the session, I ask them the questions and, you know, figure out how they're feeling, what they're doing, stuff like that. Gotcha. Well, all that preparation um, and coordination to have those meetings, we eliminate all that time. So you can automate all that stuff and dive into a coaching session at the first second of the coaching session, having your rep already prepared all the information you need to know what the heck's going on. And how about incentive programs? You guys run a lot of competitions. Yeah. You know, we do, we try to, you know, we try to do one a month or one a quarter. Um, they're just a lot of work and a lot of times they don't have the impact we want them to have. Yeah. That's what I hear from most folks with ambition. You know, you're able to automate all the manual steps of the process so that, they do have the impact you want them to have. We've got, um, you know, things built in where the same people aren't always winning and you can create teams and everybody can feel like they have an impact as well as it's all automated. So you can do more of them and keep the team pumped up, you know, at ambition on our SDR team, our manager, we usually have, you know, a weekly competition going every week, a monthly competition running as well as, uh, we do call blitzes twice a week. Um, you know, for two hours at a time and it's all automated. Our manager doesn't have to do anything once it's set up, um, which is great. And we all have real time stats as to where we're at and where we're standing in our home pages. So we know, you know, who's winning and who's losing and what do I got to do to come back uh, or keep my lead, which is sweet.
So, I mean, I just try to talk about how we use the platform and where we help, which is saving people time and keeping people excited and happy. So it sounds like, cause I'm just looking at what you did there and how storytelling sort of weaves it way, weaves its way in here. So it sounds like the very first thing that you're doing is looking at like the top features of the product that people tend to get the most value from. So you said scorecards, coaching application, and there's like this culture and gamification piece. And then it sounds like the next step in that is you build questions around. So those questions that you gave earlier, is that an example of something you might ask in a cold call? Totally. Most definitely. Yeah. I mean, in a cold call, pretty simple, straightforward, you know, super short one sentence description of like who I am and my company ask for some time um, to explain. Yeah. How does that, let's break that down. Yeah. Let's break that. How do you typically, so if I'm a sales leader, for example, how would you open a a call and how would you get to the point to where you start to ask these questions? What, what might that sound like? Sure. So you want to run one little role play? Sure. Yeah. Let's do it, man. (laughs) All right. You're Jason sales manager. Uh, Uh, Hey, this is Jason. Jason, what's up? Andy Dewey from Ambition. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm I'm doing good. Andy, what's uh, what's going on, man? Cool. Just give me a quick cold call, man. I'm in a call, call blitz right now, so just trying to score some points here. Um, I'm sure you're super busy, man. I know I'm calling out of the blue. Can I steal 20 seconds to explain why I'm reaching out? Uh, sure, man. Cool. Thanks. I appreciate that. So uh, not sure if you heard of us over here at Ambition, Jason. We're a sales performance management coaching and gamification software for sales teams. I can get into specifics if you're interested, but just reaching out in regards to your role as a sales manager over there, it looks like you're running about 15 reps on your team. It's just curious if you're looking for ways to hold your reps more accountable to your playbook, metric KPI expectations, coach more efficiently, um, or improve the culture with more competition and recognition. Does that sound like things you're focused on in the near term, or do you have everything figured out already? Well, I mean, you know, the culture piece and the gamification piece is always something I'm thinking of. I and mean, we're always running competitions and stuff like that. Um, so like what, so what exactly is it that, that, that you, what was the name of the company again? Ambition. Ambition. Yeah. yeah. So um, I, I can give you a super high level if you don't mind me taking like another minute to, to kind of explain how the platform works. Is that cool? Uh, yeah. Okay. Sweet. Appreciate it. So real quick, before I get into it, um, I assume you're tracking like your reps activity today with your CRM dashboards and reports. Is that accurate? Are you guys Salesforce shop or what CRM are you using? Yeah, we use Salesforce. Nice. And what about coaching? Do you guys have like a strong cadence there? Do you run weekly one-on-ones or what does that look like? Uh, We do a team meeting once a week usually. Cool. Cool. And, uh, with prep time for that, like, how do you usually prepare for that? Do you run those? Do you have one of your reps run them? Do you, you know, look at information beforehand to prepare for what you're going to cover? Yeah. I mean, I usually run the meetings, so I spend, you know, some time, you know, coming up with some topics and, you know, things like that for us to talk about. It's usually mostly product, you know, stuff that we're talking about. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then just the, the culture piece, the competition piece, you said you'd run some, um, once a month, is that pretty consistent or just kind of here and there whenever you feel like it? Uh, it's or like a, a once a quarter, once a quarter, usually we'll have some sort of competition where someone can win some, if, and when we could travel again, you know, some plane tickets or something like that, or a TV or something. You usually have stuff like that. Do you think the same people typically win those or is it pretty, pretty even? It's usually the same, people? same two people. Yeah. 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 Cool, man. Well, anyway, so what we what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna sync to any data systems you use to track sales activities, pull all that info into ambition and build out rep scorecards to more optimally track that activity 
for your reps and for you in real time. We're going to weight those metrics by importance and aggregate a super score out of 100. It's called the activity score. So you can look at these dashboards, your team dashboard or your rep dashboard and see what their score is at any moment of any day. And if they're not on track to hit their goals, um, you can look at what they're doing and figure out why. So you can coach accordingly. Um, that's kind of the backbone from there. We have automated coaching. So those coaching sessions you're running with the team can be standardized, automated, and, and, um, your reps can come prepared with questions answered. So you don't have to do a lot of prep for those, um, as well as centralizing all that information in one place. So you have a storyline of what's happened the week over week over week. Um, so you can go back and look at, are we having an impact? Are we making a difference? Are these KPIs that we're trying to lift actually moving in the right direction? Um, and then that, that competition you run once a quarter, um, we can, um, you know, automate that. We have like fantasy football for sales tournaments where you can, you know, break your team up into teams and have like a regular season where they're going head to head week over week with playoffs and a championship. Plus there's a lot of, you know, one-off competitions that you could run and automate it. So you don't have a lot of legwork and prep time. Um, so you could do more of it. And if you base it off of that activity score and some other KPIs that we can help you create, it can make it more even where, you know, different people on mm -hmm. the team can win and, and the same people aren't winning all the time. If that sounds like something that might help you guys, you know, increase performance, um, I'd love to get the platform in front of you and kind of dive into the weeds a little bit. Yeah. I mean, Andy, this sounds like really good. I just, it just kind of sounds like I kind of a nice to have at this point, you know, cause we're, we're going at it. We're already kind of doing some of this stuff and it sounds really cool, but I don't know, man, it really sounds like it doesn't really sound like something we like need right now that I can really maybe get budget for. So. Sure. Do you think that your team like has another gear in them that you're trying to get them to hit, but it's just sometimes it's hard to get them to go that extra mile for you. Or do you I mean, think they're just giving you everything standpoint. they have? Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. think all sales managers, you know, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but have this belief that their team could do more if they were truly motivated as much as the manager is, right? Um, maybe maybe a couple reps, those two that always win are, they have that intrinsic motivation, but most teams have some B players on them, right? That they're average, they could probably be better if they were focused. Maybe they're young and just, don't really have that that focus yet and that drive. When I was at the, my previous company where we used Ambition, that's how I ended up working here. Um, we had Ambition. We had about 40 reps on the floor and it was mostly kids right out of college. And, you know, we we left early on Fridays at three o'clock and, you know, we had a pretty flexible schedule and a lot of our average B players would, you know, do the minimal amount that they had to do to get close to their number and, you know, make sure their manager wasn't coming down on them with a performance improvement plan. But when we started running competitions with ambition, where reps were going head to head week over week, and it was plastered up on the TVs and the big screens in the office, who was where and who was winning and who was losing. I saw all these B players start to stay late after work because they were down by one point. They just needed another connect or another meeting set or another opportunity to, to happen to win that week. And we saw all these people staying late doing extra, doing more, pounding the phones, not taking breaks, like all this stuff that we always thought they could do that they just weren't doing. And we didn't know how to motivate them to do it. Um, they were taking responsibility for their own number. And it was really amazing. So yeah, we probably would have survived without ambition, 
but having ambition helped us like create this culture of accountability and just this idea of like everybody can crush their number if they work harder and collaborate with each other to figure out how to win. So if you think that your team has that potential, like I know ambition can help you suck that potential out of your team and, and get them moving in that direction. Does that sound like something that interests you or do you think they're already doing everything they can? Let's go ahead and stop there, dude. I love the story there at the end. Um, let's break this call down though. This is really cool. So with your intro, uh, what I noticed and let me know how much of this is intentional is it was, it was super conversational. Like, Hey, I'm in the middle of a cold call blitz. Like you're just super upfront about you're talking to a salesperson obviously too. So that, you know, there's some empathy there. Um, and then you did, you know, this permission based opener where you asked, Hey, could I get 20 seconds? Can you share anything about the intro and how much of that is intentional? And, and if there's any psychology or anything like that, that you were intentionally doing in your intro? Yeah. I mean, that was the training I got when I first started, you know, I was 31 years old and I had this week of training at inside sales team. This guy, Gabe, um, Gabe Lulo, good friend of mine, awesome guy was our trainer at the time. And, you know, he was like Sandler background and, um, mm -hmm. you know, I had no idea what Sandler was back then. Um, but that's what he said. He said, uh, you got to do this upfront contract, you know, tell them, tell them, uh, why you're reaching out and ask for permission to continue because, they will most likely give you the permission and it allows you a chance. It's like a wedge in there to, to get in there and pique some interest. Got it. I find that that intro works extremely well. And for whatever reason, most reps don't do that when they, when they call there's, there's no permission based and you could do it very Sandler style, but there's a lot of different ways you can ask someone if it's cool. Yeah, if you share, exactly. That's you know, how, and stuff. like, I was trained very formally. Like he was like, all right, you got to yeah. say this. Like, um, Hey Jason, um, I'm not sure if I'm in the right place here with you, but if you would let me take 20 seconds to explain why I'm reaching out and then you can decide if it makes sense for us to continue. Is that fair? You know? And he was like, you got to say yep. it exactly like this. And I was like, that's weird and awkward. You really want me to say that? Yeah. And I, I was in a training class of like 10 people and we got on yeah. the floor with each other. And not only were none of the people that were already on the floor that had already worked there saying that, but none of the people that I trained with were trying it either. And I was like, I was brand new. So I'm, like, I'm just going to do it. You know, and I was doing it. And like, everybody basically said like, okay, go. Yeah. Ha ha. Okay. Yeah. Funny. Like most people let you yeah. take that time. So I evolved into just like, Hey, can I steal 20 seconds? Yeah. Instead of saying the whole thing. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, it's awkward and people don't like to do it. And mo a lot of people don't, um, but it works. So yeah, it make, you know, 99% of people are like, yeah, go. Yep. I'm going to start the clock. Yeah. Ha ha. Or whatever. They give you the permission. Yeah. So it's a great way to I've never, get that permission. Yeah. I've never had someone say no when I've yeah. done that ever. It never happens. Um, Unless the person's an asshole, which that happens yeah. sometimes. But uh, so the next part of the call, you went into uh, almost, I don't know if you call it an elevator pitch, but you did describe, you did talk about ambition and like what you guys do. Do you, have you ever tried not talking about the company at all and just going straight into your questions? And let me know like how purposeful, like I said, again, it, it is that you talk about ambition and specifically do that at the beginning. Yeah, I think uh, I haven't really. I've just I've, that's been my mo for a long time, um, and it mm. is purposeful. It is like I want nobody's listening to you. 
you know, that first part, right? Until you ask the prospect something and they answer a question, they're not actually hearing anything you're saying. I mean, they're hearing it, right? But they're like, they're still focused on whatever they were doing before they picked up the phone. They're trying, they're evaluating whether or not they know you or they trust you or they should listen to you or if you're giving away money or you're trying to manipulate them or whatever. They're, they're evaluating you, but they're not really digesting the, the words you're saying. So I say, calling from ambition, we're a sales performance management, coaching and gamification software, right? Like kind of slowly, even though I talk really fast, that part I say slowly, just so they know I'm in their universe, right? And they are like, oh, okay, he's a cold caller and he's talking about sales technology. That's all I want him to know. I could even say that like, hey, I'm cold calling you and I'm selling a sales technology. It would have the same effect, right? It's really just like, I'm in your universe. Okay, this guy's in my universe. Let me hear him out for the 10 seconds he's asking for or whatever. Got it. Love it. And then I noticed the questions, I call it question stacking, but you did like a variation of this where you kind of stack context into the question. You don't just ask, uh, hey, so what's your biggest challenge managing your reps right now? It's, it's like very purposeful and directed questions. And you opened up with like some research that you did, saw that you're managing X amount of employees. So right there, it's going to grab the person's attention and be like, oh, okay, Andy did a little bit. Of, he did his homework, right? Yeah. Um, and then with the questions, it sounds like you were directing them in like you were really getting into, and this might only, it doesn't only apply with your product, but it depends on what the product does and what the service does. This happens to be a very workflow, which most uh, you know, SaaS you know, products are like this, where you're helping with the actual workflow of the person that you're reaching out to, the sales manager in this case. So again, was that intentional where you were getting very much into the specifics of this person's day and how they handle very specific activities that come up? And it seemed to really build a case for if the person says, hey, I spent X amount of hours doing this or this takes X amount of time. And then at the end, it kind of sets you up to be like, well, what if you just didn't have to spend time doing that at all? You could spend it doing something else. Uh, was that pretty intentional? And any insight you can lend into the questions and how you directed the conversation? Yeah, totally. I think we reach out to like a few different personas, sales mm -hmm. management, uh, sales operations and sales enablement, right? And variations of those, but those are kind of the three buckets. And those questions, I like that question stacking. I use it as uh, I call it um, probing question or anchor question um, to, to get the prospect to think and then say something and hopefully no, right? Like I'm trying to get them to say no for an actual reason rather than just saying, no, I'm busy. Goodbye. Right. I want yeah. them to hear my question and say, okay, let me formulate a good no for this guy so I can really get him off the phone. And then whatever that no is, is my ammunition for me to flip it over and say, because of what you just said, you're actually a good fit. And here's why. Um, but that question is very general um, stacked up, right? Like, Hey, as a sales manager is rep accountability, coaching efficiency and culture important to you. Of course you get the occasional asshole. That's like, Nope, I'm a sales manager. I don't care about that stuff. Goodbye. Right. It doesn't happen a Which lot. Which is not a good it, fit for ambition anyways. <laughs> right. I don't want to talk to you, dude. If you don't care about that stuff, like fine, see you later. Um, but most of the time they say something like, 
yeah, of course. Duh, I'm a sales manager, which is great because I can laugh that off and be like, ha, got you got me. It's a loaded question, but you know, thanks for for giving me that reply or whatever. It it creates some sort of conversation. They either say, Yeah, we are, but we just bought Salesforce or we just bought High Spot or Gong. Um, or yeah, we are, but budgets are frozen. Or yeah, we are, but I'm not the right guy. Or yeah, we are, but whatever. And then that allows me, um, or that directs me as to where I'm going to focus my rebuttal and how to flip what they just said into, well, you'd still be a good fit for us. So yes, it's very intentional and very general and vague, right? I don't want to pigeonhole myself by saying like, hey, you know, do you spend a lot of time preparing for coaching? Because sometimes a manager doesn't and they'll say, no, I don't. My sales ops runs reports. I go in there and coach and it doesn't take much time. Well, you're digging into this. Uh, it's like how, a lot of just how-based questions. How does this happen? So it's not like a, no, this is not a problem. No, I'm not interested. Like you're saying, and a lot of, because not interested is not really an objection, right? It's more of just a gut response. And you can avoid getting those responses if you ask questions where an answer like that just doesn't make any sense. Someone's not going to say not interested when you ask them. So what's like, what's the process for preparing for sales meetings that you do every week? They're right. not going to be like, no, not interested. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. So you're asking very pointed questions, which I like. And dude, we're about to run out of time. So one other thing that I wanted to ask you was this story that you have, like that was the really compelling part for me being on the receiving end of this was like, oh, wow, like Andy's got a story of how he used it. And do you have some of these stories on deck depending on what the situation you know, might be and like that sort of thing? And, and is it, if you haven't personally used the product, is it, you know, hey, I could tell a story from a client, right, that uses this and then kind of what they were going through? Any yeah, insight I mean, there? Yeah, I mean, I think like if you haven't personally used your product at a company, like separate company, um, like customer success, you know, getting close with sales and customer success or implementation or support people who are close to your customers or just talking to your customers, like reach out, talk to your customers, ask your leadership if you can talk to some customers and like really get a feel for how they use it and get some of those stories. Right. And like, yeah, I talked to Jason over at, you know, so-and-so company and he saw this benefit. Um, stories are super important. Um, for me, I definitely just like, it's authentic because I used ambition at the first company I worked at inside sales team as a rep and as a manager and from a sales operations perspective. And now at ambition, we really, you know, take pride in using our, using our tool to the fullest extent possible. Um, and have like, got so many stories, you know, especially being an SDR on an SDR team who is constantly involved in competitions. You know, I try to, I, I have to get a hundred every day on my activity score and like take pride in doing so and figuring out how, and, um, I have endless stories. You know, my favorite is when we moved offices at inside sales team, we moved from a smaller office into, uh, the Buffalo news building in, in Buffalo. And, um, had this huge remodel, like renovated this office. It was beautiful, open office environment, but there was uh, cement walls 
So we had to wait like a month to get our TVs up on, on the walls. And, um, like the reps were just like sick. Like they hated it because we didn't have the mm-hmm. TVs up. And one of the functions of ambition is uh, rep anthems. So any rep can choose a YouTube video of their choice. It takes 30 seconds. You could switch it every day if you wanted or multiple times a day. And it plays for like 20 seconds or 30 seconds or a minute. Um, anytime you do something of merit that your management has selected as something of merit. For us at Inside Sales Team, it was setting a meeting. So anytime you set a meeting, your video played and your music played throughout yeah. the office. And it was like a point of pride and and identity, right? Like everybody knew what kind of music you were into or sports you were into or movies you were into because of this. And when we moved offices and didn't have the TVs up, man, it was like mutiny. It was like, we need these TVs up. We need our <laughs> anthems up. Like, And as soon as we got them back up, like activity spiked and performance spiked, you know? So it was like a super clear correlation that just like empowering your reps to have their own identity and knowing letting everybody know when somebody's winning was a huge motivation for people yeah and and it's the basic ingredients of a good story right it's a character right so a client that's similar to the person you're talking to that has a problem with something they figure out how to do it differently and their life is different you know so i love it man we're out of time this is awesome i appreciate you digging in especially it was cool that we got to role play this cold call and dig into it where do you want people to go to connect with you and, and where can people go to check out ambition? Yeah. Um, hit me up, hit me up on LinkedIn for sure. I'm happy to connect with anybody out there and talk, talk sales, uh, sales development, Andy Dewey and, uh, ambition.com. Check it out. Our website's awesome. Tons of blog posts and stories and case studies and great content to check out. So ambition.com. That was a fun one. One of my favorite lines there again, because I'm always a sucker for cold calling lines is, can I steal 20 seconds of your time? And just going in and kind of being a little casual. I, I like the, you know, steal thing is, you know, it could be kind of funny, especially if your tone is right too. And then 20 seconds is, you know, it's different from 30. It's just a different number. It's very specific in terms of length of time as well. So that's definitely something that I want to start using with our clients. So appreciate you tuning in today. Before we take off, one quick favor. If you enjoyed the episode today, would love it if you left a review on the podcast so that we can get more great guests on and continuing uh, to do these episodes for folks like yourself. If you go to Blissful Prospecting on iTunes um, or open it up on your podcast app, you should be able to scroll down to the bottom and leave an honest review. And again, we'd really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon.